Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We are rolling through what is soon to be the full NFL season. So I hope you guys had fantastic Christmas breaks. I hope your holiday season is going well. I know a lot of people are going to be continuing on into this week, and we got one NFL game left in the next to last week of the season with the Bills taking on the Patriots. But I thought the big storyline coming out of Sunday Night Football was what that the Packers are ready for prime time. And it may not be snowy weather, but I thought you saw what is the most significant factor about home field advantage this year. Crowds are going to be relatively insubstantial. Noise is not going to be a factor in a big way. But weather can be a big factor. And Green Bay has the biggest and best home field advantage of any team in the NFL as we get closer to the playoffs. And look, Green Bay close to locking up a home field advantage throughout. They've got a big game against the Bears when it didn't seem for a long time like the Bears game was going to matter very much at all. I'll run you through the playoff picture here in a moment, but the big takeaway from me from this game between the Packers and the Titans continues to be what I have said for a while, on the Titans side, they can't rush the passer. They have absolutely no pass rush whatsoever. And as a result, they have no chance of getting defensive stops. 
And that's because they whiffed on Jadavion Clowney. They whiffed on Vic Beasley. They gave both of those guys over $20 million guaranteed on one-year deals with the idea being those are going to be our pass rushers. That's what's going to get pressure for us. Jadavion Clowney's out for the year. Vic Beasley, they cut. Neither one of those guys has gotten a single sack. And as a result, the Titans have the worst pass rush in the NFL. And it's not coincidental that they also have the worst third down defense in the NFL because they can't get pressure on the quarterback when they're throwing the football. And as a result, I think the only way the Titans are going to win football games if they are fortunate enough to be make it to the postseason and they have to win now on Sunday in Houston, which is going to be tough after that J.J. Watt speech, which will play during the course of today's show if you haven't already heard it, that's going to put the onus on the Titans a lot. The Texans are going to be on notice. I think that's going to be a fourth quarter game, and it wouldn't stun me if the Texans pulled off the upset. And if they did, then the Titans would likely fall out of the playoff. But the only way the Titans are going to win is by scoring points offensively. They can't stop anybody. At this point in time, Mike Vrabel has to give up traditional play-calling decisions, like punting from the 32-yard line like he did in the first quarter of this game. Dude, you've got to score 35 points to win. That's it. Your defense is going to give up 30. You have to just pencil that in. This team is going to score 30 points against you and that is what is going to have to happen. You just have to pencil it in. And that means you got to be poised and ready and able to score 35 points. And the Titans got down 19 nothing. They came back to make it 19-14. And then it was a really bad night officiating-wise for the NFL. You had the offsides called, which was not close to an offsides that led to a blocked punt that probably took some points off the board for the Titans. And then you had a running back with an NFL official with a perfect view stepping out at the 43-yard line. The Titans didn't challenge it. And yes, that's the Titans' fault for not getting the the word down to Vrabel that the guy had stepped out of bounds. But you can't miss that call if you're an official. And so it was just an ugly, ugly performance for the Titans. Ugly officiated game. But ultimately, I think that Aaron Rodgers made the case that he may be the MVP of the league Patrick Mahomes didn't play that well. We're going to talk a decent amount about uh, the Chiefs throughout this uh, show. How much confidence do we have right now in the Chiefs given their performances over the past seven weeks have been mediocre? Let's be honest, just winning by uh, six or more points in all of those games, including a three-point win over the Falcons when the Falcons really choked again down the stretch. But to me... Uh, I have now moved, I said before the season started, I liked the Chiefs and I liked the Saints in the Super Bowl. I think you have to put the Packers as the favorite in the NFC right now. I know they had the one bad performance against the Vikings. I know they got crushed uh, in a really poor performance by the Bucks earlier in the season. But I think the Packers are really rounding into form. They're running the football well. They've got a three-headed at least running back monster. Devontae Adams is healthy. You got uh, a a situation with Aaron Rodgers where he's playing at an absolutely MVP level. The home field advantage, like I said, is going to be massively important down the stretch. And so to me, I think this is going to be a really, really intriguing 
uh, intriguing scenario to follow. And let me just kind of take you into the playoff picture a little bit and give you a sense of uh, of where we are headed here uh, with a lot of different moving parts coming down the uh, the home stretch. Again, AFC South has not yet been decided. The Titans had a chance to win it tonight. They got blown out. Uh, the Titans had a chance to win it last night. They got absolutely blown out by the Green Bay Packers. And if you look at the playoff picture right now, yes, I know that we've got the Bills going up against the Patriots, but really that game even though it matters a lot to Bills fans, not particularly significant in the larger uh, playoff picture right now uh, because you've got Kansas City who has clinched the overall number one seed. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills can go back and forth still over who's going to end up the two seed and who's going to end up the three seed. The Titans are hanging on to the AFC South by their fingernails right now. And I think we're trending towards potentially an 11-5 and team in the AFC getting left out of the playoffs before all is said and done because, again, right now you're division leaders. We know three division winners in the AFC, Kansas City, the Steelers, and the Bills. But look at the Titans hanging on there at four, and they are one right now of five teams that are 10-5. and That's unheard of. Uh, the Titans are 10-5, and five, and right now they have the tiebreak over the Colts. If the Titans beat the Texans, then they would go to, uh, to – they'd host a home playoff game. The Miami Dolphins are at 10-5. and five. We'll see whether or not the Bills have much to play for, whether they care about that two versus three seed. They would have the tiebreak over the Pittsburgh Steelers, so they may – if you're a Dolphins fan, you want them to just say, hey, we don't care – but right now, you look at the Bills sitting at uh, 11 and three. If they win tonight, they'd be 12 and three. They jump up to the two seed. If they win out, they have the tiebreak over the Steelers. Do they care? Do they care about the two versus the three, or would they just as soon rest their team? Same question, by the way, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, because the Miami Dolphins sitting at 10 and five, they're scheduled to play against the Bills. The Baltimore Ravens sitting at 10-5. and five. They are in really good shape now uh, because they get to go against the Bengals. Even though the Bengals have started to play well, they've won two games in a row, to be fair. But I think if you're the Ravens, you feel pretty good about that game. The Browns, as we just said, are playing against uh, the, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do the Steelers want to do in that game? We don't know. And the Colts on the outside looking in, they are playing against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has now clinched, by the way, the number one overall uh, draft pick. They prefer, uh, It would be a huge upset if they didn't take Trevor Lawrence. They appear to have locked in and won the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So you got five teams with a 10-5 and five record, and one of those teams could go to 11-5 and five and not find themselves in the playoffs. There is a lot to discuss in the AFC. I'll talk a little bit more about the NFC picture when we go uh, into the top of Hour 2 and a little bit more about it as well uh, in the next segment. But the Packers, what you need to know and take away from last night's game is they remain in first place in the NFC, trending towards having an ability to get the first round bye. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Redestine test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We got Sean Merriman now, the Lights Out podcast. Appreciate him joining us as he often does on Monday. Happy holidays! You have a good, uh, you have a good Christmas. I did, man. I had some uh, pizza and whiskey and a cigar. I was uh, so happy. <laughs> that, that was, that's, that a was hell, that, that's a hell of a combo. By the way, uh, I saw you posted. I put pictures up of my kids too. Your son is an LSU fan. What, what have you done as a Maryland guy? Like my, I'll tell you this: my ten-year-old has. So I grew up a Tennessee fan. Grew up here in the state of Tennessee in Nashville. And, you know, Alabama is the longtime hated rival of the University of Tennessee. And my son has turned into a huge Alabama fan. And I'm like, I don't want to tell him who, what teams he can root for. So, uh, so I took him to a Bama-LSU game, the one last year with Joe Burrow when the LSU went off. And it's like, you know, when you're a kid, whatever teams are really good when you're growing up, you tend to gravitate to. Is that what happened to your son? I saw him in some LSU gear. No, I, I think I made a ton of mistakes as a dad that I should have, you know, <laughs> you, you got to look at spending more time or, you know, something I said, maybe he's doing something out of spite. You, you know, no, my, my son is actually like I was growing up. I never had a favorite football team, even though I grew up in uh, the PG County, Maryland area. So, you know, yep. re- really, I'm supposed to be a Redskins fan, but I never was. But I love that team that he had. I love watching Art, Art, Monk, Art Monk and, um, and Ripken and, and these great players. Um, and he's the same thing. He loves uh, Juice Landry. He loves Odell. He loves Tyron Matthew. He loves you know all these guys, the LSU boys. So that's why he's wearing it. But he got some Maryland gear coming, in, man. I'm not going to let that slip. Uh, we're talking to Sean Marion. By the way, did you? So we were talking about this off air uh, a little bit. NFL, you know, being a Pro Bowler, being a big time player. Did you get excited still and feel a little bit childlike when you got to play in the snow and or did you ever get to play in a real snow game? Would that be something where in the locker room dudes would be excited about? Because, you know, like I remember being in college, for instance, and we would play uh, we'd play games, you know, just sat every Saturday we'd, or Sunday we'd get out and we'd play. I went to school in D.C. on the, the fields down there by the National Mall. And a couple of different times when we were in college, we got to play tackle football in the snow. And, you know, you're 21, 22 years old. It's like you feel like you're nine years old again, right? Like a kid in the snow. Is it still like that a little bit in the locker room? Did you ever get to play in a real snow game? And was there a different vibe or a different feel to it? You know, I grew up on the East Coast. So, you know, playing in the snow and playing in the cold uh, wasn't a problem. I was used to it. Uh, but I played my last couple of years in Buffalo. And that's a different kind of cold. Up there, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Because... You know, you got the wind coming off of the lakes, and it's just a completely different atmosphere. Playing in the cold is never the problem. Um, you know, I, I remember you know playing with the Chargers and playing against the Bills. Uh, they had this, I guess, what do you call it, a ritual, whatever you, you know, a tough man thing where, oh, yeah, we're going to uh, make them cold, and they're not going to be able to play in the cold. So during the week, what they'll do is go out and have a couple practices in the cold. Well, you know, scientists will tell you your body doesn't, you get used to the cold. You just you, you can't get acclimated to the cold. Uh, but no, it was never a problem. The only the coldest game I played in was in 2007 uh, against the Patriots, the AFC Championship game. It was 11 or 12 degrees outside and below, you know, way below zero. And it wasn't snowing, so the snow doesn't bother you. It's the cold and the wind. 
When you have the cold and the wind, it changes the ball games, your fingertips, your nose, your toes. And you know, I spent half the time on the sidelines fighting over the heaters because, you know, they have two heaters at the end of the oh, yeah. And you know, I'll never forget, I, I, I almost got in a, a physical fight with Nate Kading, the kicker, <laughs> uh, who was over there. I said, you know, you better move your ass out the way because, you know, you only got to play about 10 snaps this whole game. And, uh, you know, and I got so close to the vents and my, my gloves actually melted on my hand yeah. uh, a little bit because I was fighting trying to get uh, close to the vent. It was so cold outside. So it's never really the snow. It's, it's always the cold. It's funny you mention that. We do uh, every year when I did local radio in Nashville, we would do a toy field. It's a great thing they do uh, at the local station here uh, at the Titan Stadium, and everybody can bring their gifts, and you try to fill up as much of this field as they can put in front. And one day we were there, and it was so – I don't know what it was. It must have been like 10 or 15 degrees. We were doing an outdoor show, and they had those big space heaters, um, you know, the, the things that put off a ton of heat, right? So every commercial break – We'd run over there and, you know, get lined up in front of it. And my pants caught on fire, you know, like, I mean, it literally melted. Like I had like, you know, like a couple different layers on. And when you got different layers on, you don't feel it as much. And I looked down, I'm like, man, I'm on fire. <laughs> and I had to put it out, but that's how cold it was. And then those are still some of the same stuff. It's the same exact stuff that they use on the sideline. Um, and, and it's pretty wild to, uh, to see how that gets shaken out. All right, speaking of wild. So I took my family down to Universal Studios, had an amazing time, uh, early Christmas present for my boys. And I was in line. And, you know, I'm checking my phone while I'm in line, and I see that Dwayne Haskins, who is, you know, first-round draft pick, supposed to be the future of the Washington franchise, that in addition to the fact that they lost the game on Sunday, he then went to a strip club and got photographed in the strip club in the middle of all this COVID stuff. Everybody's got teammates and coworkers who have done dumb things in life. What do you think the locker room reaction is when you're starting quarterback? I mean, they stripped his champ, his captaincy, right? I mean, they pulled it right off, gave it to Chase Young, yeah. who's a freak, and we talked about uh, last week, I think, or the week before with you. What do you think the locker room reaction is when they see that? Not only went to a strip club, which obviously you shouldn't be doing while everybody's trying to avoid testing positive for COVID, but did it and got his picture taken there as well. It gets out, and then he gets benched as the, the football team uh, loses against uh, the Panthers this weekend. Yeah, and so this is how I feel about that. Obviously, um, yeah, I know Dwayne Haskins. He's, you know, he grew up in Maryland, and I've uh, been hearing about it for a long time. Great kid, great dude, great person. Um, but what we're seeing is a lot of immaturity. And um, your team captain, and not only your team captain, you're the quarterback. See, it's a different – you have a different outlook from the rest of your teammates when you're a quarterback. If there was a linebacker or a defensive lineman, a cornerback, wide receiver, you, you're frowned upon a guy in the strip club. He's putting people at risk. He, he's frowned upon. He'll get fined. Uh, you know, maybe a, a little bit of locker room chatter. But as a starting quarterback of a franchise, you're the CEO of that franchise. Yep. You lead that whole franchise. You have to act accordingly. And it's unfortunate because we're, we're – we have you know, all of us – and I've been there. All of us is – you have to – watching him grow up in front of the public eye. So we're watching all these young, dumb mistakes. And unfortunately, in today's time, those are the things that people are going to associate with you. Those are the things they're going to remember about you the most, especially especially when you're not playing well. Now, if you're out there and you're just killing it, you're having a Justin Herbert type of season, uh, you're a young guy, you're playing extremely well, 
uh, and then you go out and make a mistake, okay, you'll, they'll slap you in the back of the wrist and say, hey, don't do it. You don't get stripped of your team captain. You may get fined a little bit, but then you move on to the next game and people forget about it. It's the connection with him not playing well and also not being a team leader that is really uh, is going to plummet him faster uh, than a lot of these people. And I don't want to make these comparisons uh, at all, but, you know, you, you have to when you're a first-round draft pick, you're a top-ten draft pick. Uh, but, you know, uh, Jamarcus Russell, you know, he's a guy that came in with a ton of talent, big arm, uh, very skilled, could have been a great pro, but just didn't take things seriously. And uh, Or, or Ryan Leaf, right? Or Ryan well, Leaf's another yeah. good example, right? Like Ryan Leaf yeah, comes and, in, and, has and the and ability Ryan to do everything, falls apart. Yeah, and, you know, these guys are, are more than talented. I mean, look, you don't get drafted that high uh, for any reason unless somebody sees something in you, period. And, and you are, are proven – uh, player, and we know he's capable. We've seen it this year. We've seen flashes that he can go, he can play, but he's not consistent. He's not playing well. And on top of that, you being a team distraction, and that's where uh, people are really going to start coming down on him. And he, look, he's—I'm not going to say he's going to be out the league if this continues or anything like that. But you know, we can very much watch him be a backup quarterback until he uh, just learns to mature a little bit and learns he, to understand that. You're the CEO of a franchise, and the whole team, the whole franchise, the organization is relying on what you do. We're talking to Sean Merriman. Uh, All right, so let's break down some of these division races and what we saw. Seahawks get the win over the Rams. Jared Goff, I mean, it seems to me like Sean McVay is just thoroughly disgusted with him, right? They came out and lost last week to the Jets. And then you think, okay, well, we'll see how they perform going forward. And they don't score a touchdown. They can't uh, get into the end zone. What do you think going forward of Jared Goff? And what is the significance in your mind of the Seahawks winning that division? Well, going forward, Jared Goff, and I've always said this about him, um, he's not going to play well unless you put the pieces to the puzzle around him and they're playing well. When, When they're playing well in offense, they're running the ball effectively, you know, they're making some big plays and catches and stuff like that. He looks, I mean, he looks like a good, a really good quarterback. But he's not capable, in my opinion, he's not capable of going out there winning the game by himself. You know, he has to get great play from the offensive line. He has to get great play in them running the ball. They have to dial up, Sean McVay has to dial up the right plays to call in order for him to go out and play well. He's not going to go out and wow you with anything miraculous himself. Uh, now, he's gotten away with it because that defense, they, they've turned the ball over, over for him. they got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and all these guys. They, they get out the guys up there in the front seven. So that bails them out a whole lot, and they play well in other phases of the game. But if, he, if, it's, if it's on him, if the game is on his shoulders, he's not going to go out and win you a ton of football games. We're talking to Sean Merriman, breaking down some of these big uh, division situations. The Steelers come out of nowhere. They were down 24-7. to They had lost three straight games, looked like they were headed for their fourth straight. Then they suddenly get hot in the second half. How significant was that outcome in your mind, and did it allay any of your concerns about the Steelers going forward, or do you still have the same concerns? I still had the same concerns, but you know it was really good for them because right now the last thing you want is we lose a fourth straight heading into the playoffs. That is the last thing you want because the locker room is like a funeral. Uh, you, you walk around there, and it's not a good taste, and you guys got a really good record. I mean, it's nothing, you know, you've been playing well all season, but the momentum will be going the other way. So it was important for them to get this win 
But I think over the last, you know, four weeks, they've been exposed in certain areas. Um, you know, I think that there's obviously, in, in my opinion, and, and this is just my opinion, there's been some distractions with Juju and um, and just adding the field to the fire. And I don't think anything, well, I like Juju as a, as a person. I like Juju as a player. Uh, but, you know, when you play on a team where uh, you're putting the other 10 guys in jeopardy because of something you're doing, you're becoming bulletin board material, then you have to think about stopping. You know, you have to think about stopping, and it's ultimate disrespect. No matter what anybody want to say, it's the ultimate disrespect to go and dance on anybody's logo. Now, I get it. They'll say uh, that, you know, they were winning all season. Nobody complained. Nobody said anything. But now that it's become more of a, a public matter, um, you become they become bulletin board material. And look at the guys and what they, how they celebrate the things they say um, after they make a big hit on Juju or after they beat the Steelers. You know, it's always mocked because of what he's doing. And, you know, fortunately they came back and won this game, and it seems like they got things back on track. But I do believe the last four games they have been exposed in some areas. Do you think, uh, and Sean Merriman with us, encourage you to go listen to the Lights Out podcast the the Chiefs are on an unbelievable run. I think they're what twenty three and one in their last twenty four since November the eleventh of last year. They've only lost one game. That was to the Raiders, but they've won now. I think it is seven straight games by six or fewer points. Are you concerned at all about what you're seeing from them? They beat the Falcons seventeen fourteen, or is this just a team? that feels so unthreatened in terms of when they're playing against anybody that they are waiting to just be able to flip a switch? No, I'm not concerned about them at all. In fact, you know, I was just making a joke about my charges that they won some of these games by six points or less. They won one extra four games this year. They'll probably be sitting yeah. around at, you know, 11 and five by the end of the season. You have to just be able to win those close games. I, I know that they have a great team over there, but some weeks – uh, you're going to have to just squeeze a few of them out, and that's how what championship teams do. And, look, this team that the Chiefs have, um, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, this explosive. Now, I'm, you know, we've had the, the greatest show on turf, and we had some explosive offenses. But with these guys, including Andy Reid, who dials these plays up to be explosive, we've never seen a, a package like this before ever with these three or four guys on offense who could possibly, you know, end up in the Hall of Fame somewhere one day, and then a Hall of Fame coach like Andy Reid, who continuously gets creative every week. They have a new wrinkle that you have to worry about, and they dial up plays specifically for what they can do. They're the most explosive team in football. So if I was them, I wouldn't be too concerned at all. We're talking to Sean Merriman, breaking down everything that happened in the NFL. Uh, when you see Alvin Kamara, go for six touchdowns. I know it was on Christmas. He had his uh, green and his red cleats on. I mean, I feel like if anything, that's being under-discussed in terms of how good he was. And then also Tom Brady going out and getting his team in the postseason again. How would you break down both of those guys? Those are games that happened before Sunday, but I feel like uh, they deserve a little bit of talk as well. Yeah, I, I never understood the, um, the underappreciation for Alvin Kamara. I, I just never understood that because you, as a former defensive player, I'm watching him, and he's always shot out of a uh, out of a cannon. I mean, you see yeah. him touch the ball, he just looks faster, more explosive. He, the way he gets through the hole, how how balanced he is, his uh, you know the way he you know gets yards after first contact, and the way he can catch the ball out the backfield and do so many different things. I just 
think that, uh, you know, we're underappreciating, undervaluing how good, how great he really is. Uh, probably because you got a Drew Brees over there. You got, you know, Sean Payton, who's a great coach, and you got some, play, you know, some pieces around them where, uh, you know, Michael Thomas and wide receiver, and we're not really appreciating the greatness of Alvin Kamara because this guy is, he's a game breaker. And what I, what I say by that is every time he touches the field, you have to concentrate on and you have to worry about what, he, what play he can hurt me on this play. And you start paying attention to him, and now, you know, uh, Michael Thomas or somebody else gets getting involved and Drew Brees is doing his thing. And then also that defense up front, uh, Cameron Jordan, these guys, they're getting after you. They're, they're, I mean, Davis, the linebacker, they're, they're getting after you all over the field. And these guys, they're, the, they're probably not – it's hard to call them a sleeper because they, they're a great team, but I don't think that they're being um, put up there enough with the, other great, with the other great organizations right now. The Browns lost to the Jets. Jets have now lost two games in a row, and so this is the last question for you as you break it down. When you look at uh, the Browns having to play without all those wide receivers – do you just toss that to the curb and say, like, this game is not in any way a normal game? Or do you go back in and say, this is a game that the Browns should have still won? No, no. I mean, look, you're you missing that many pieces to the puzzle. And I don't want to give them a pass at all because they didn't play well. Uh, but it's hard to, to, to play the, it's hard to play well when you're missing the, the key pieces to your game. Um, and we've always said, and I've said this the whole season, when they play great defense and they're running the ball, they're unstoppable. They can play with the best of them. Every every NFL team in the league will have a problem playing them when they're running the ball well and they're playing great defense. Uh, but that opens up for those wide receivers. And when they're not there, now you, you you're totally your mindset is not, hey, these guys hurt us on a, a big passing play or the wide receivers going to come out and do something against us. Let's take away what they're great at and let them these wide receivers that's in there find a way to beat us. And they didn't find a way to beat us, beat them without you know their key uh, key components. Sean Merriman, outstanding as always, my man. Uh, we'll hopefully talk to you next week and have a better big picture by then of who's going to be in the playoffs and where. Uh, have a good uh, New Year's, and we'll talk to you next week. You got it. You as well. This is Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis. So when this story broke. I was like, this can't be real. I was about to get on with my family at Universal Studios down in Orlando. I was about to get on the new Harry Potter ride inside of Gringotts Bank. For everybody out there who has, uh, who has been to Universal Studios, they have two different Harry Potter worlds in each of their different parks. And they've got a really cool ride. For those of you who've read Harry Potter... Uh, they have a really cool ride set inside of the Wizard Bank. And so I was with my 12-year-old, my 10-year-old, my 6-year-old. I'm standing in line. And one of the things about standing in line that's that's not awful nowadays. Remember when you were a kid and you had to stand in line? Like there was really nothing to do. And I guess still if you're a kid because my kids don't have their own phones, it's still not ideal. But if you're a parent you can at least distract yourself a little bit. So I'll respond to emails, you know, I'll check news, I'll share articles. I can still be fairly productive with my phone while I'm standing in line if I'm a parent. And then, you know, hopefully the kids aren't trying to kill each other. Uh, But I saw the story come through and I was like, this can't be real. There is no way possible that Dwayne Haskins, who was already in, let's be honest, 
the absolute like doghouse of Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. There's no way after a loss in which he played poorly that he went to a strip club. Right? I was like, this is this is all-time next-level dumb for a starting quarterback in the NFL. Particularly if you're a first-round pick like Dwayne Haskins. You're a first-round pick in the NFL. They give you a lot of opportunities to fail. Right? You, because they've invested so much money in you. They want you to succeed. And Alex Smith got hurt and hasn't been able to play the last several weeks. So out of nowhere suddenly Dwayne Haskins gets an opportunity to come back. Now, they stripped his captaincy from him and gave it to Chase Young, which is, I mean, about as embarrassing as you can get. That's like if you're in the Army, they rip your 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 uh, your, your rank off your, off your uh, uniform and just give somebody else the command of your squad. I mean, that's pretty embarrassing anyway. But if you were Dwayne Haskins, and if you were right on the edge of whether or not you were going to be able to be able to come back and play for the Redskins anymore. Sorry, the Washington football team. Going to a strip club in the middle of COVID has to be the absolute dumbest thing you could do. It's as if he is trying to get them to release him. And they were hoping that they were going to have Alex Smith able to play against the Panthers. They didn't. They had an opportunity to finally end the NFC East, uh, the the, the absolute disaster of an NFC East uh, playoff race, and it didn't happen. And now we got all these different permutations available, and every Washington football fan out there is thinking to themselves, man, I hope that we got Alex Smith back for the final game of the season against the Eagles because it wasn't really that the Panthers did an amazing job. It was just that Dwayne Haskins is so bad with this offense, they pulled him. They pulled him late in this game, and he was just and continues to be a disaster. And this is an all-timer for stupid decisions by a starting quarterback in the NFL because not only is Dwayne Haskins going to get cut, I'm not sure how many other teams are even going to give him an opportunity to come in and play for them now. Because they're going to look around and they're going to say, Ron Rivera is kind of a player's coach, right? I mean, that's a guy, if you had to pick someone to play with, you would want to play for somebody like Ron Rivera. And when they're bringing in Taylor Heineke, who most of you guys don't even know who he is, to replace Dwayne Haskins, because Haskins was just so bad, they gave him every opportunity to prove that he was the guy and he's failed. And I would imagine that the Washington football team is going to release him in the offseason. I can't imagine that they're going to stick with him. If they stick with him, it's just going to be because they invested so much money in him in the first place. But the entire process here is just crazy to think about in any respect that we could remotely have found ourselves here. And that Dwayne Haskins could be that out of like his mind in terms of just making a decent decision. Can you like Dub, can you think of a dumber decision by a quarterback that's already on the very edge of getting released? I'm not talking about on the field, you know, bad decision, you make a bad read, bad throw. Off the field, this is up there with for a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
during the pandemic to go to a strip club, you know that you're being watched like crazy to be in a photograph. Like, there are so many different levels of dumb here. First of all, somebody says, hey, let's go to the strip club tonight. And you are a starting quarterback in the NFL. You have to say no. If you make the decision to go to a strip club, you have to be able to say, hey, no photos. You have to have somebody there with you who will choke somebody out if they try to take a photo in the strip club. And by the way, who even poses for photos in a strip club anyway? It used to be if you even pulled out a camera in a strip club, somebody would beat you to a pulp. So it's not as if the culture of strip clubs is to get your picture taken. This was like what happened with what's his name? What was the guy's name who went in and said he went to go get the wings? Lou Williams. Lou Williams. At least he had an excuse. But he also posed for a photo there. During the NBA bubble, the NBA bubble almost got punctured over this. But this is next level dumb. I mean, his career as a starting quarterback in the NFL may well be over because he went to a strip club during COVID. I mean, can you think of a dumber decision and then got his picture taken while he was at that strip club? Can you think of a dumber decision that you can remember a quarterback making in uh, during the season off the field? Because I, I really can't. I mean, again, there are lots of bad decisions that guys might make on the football field. But I'm talking about a guy who is got suspended and was basically going to be let go already. Dub, can you think of a dumber move? I'm trying to think of even a hypothetical that would be a dumber move. This might be on top of the list if you had to name four or five things that a quarterback could do that would be so stupid. This could be number one. I, it might be the dumbest thing that any starting quarterback's ever done. And as a result, I think Dwayne Haskins' career with Washington may be over. Chase Young, probably who they want to build this team around anyway, Ron Rivera. Uh, they uh, they may think that Alex Smith, after another offseason, can come back and be able to play for them. But I, I think there's probably a good chance that they're going to release Dwayne Haskins. And if they don't, it will entirely be because they have so much money invested in him otherwise. It's just absolutely crazy. And by the way, the NFC East, uh, it's like nobody wants to win it. Every week something new and crazy happens. So we'll see what happens there kind of going forward. But in the meantime... I can't imagine anybody else does anything this dumb, but it fits perfectly for the overall NFC East scenarios. All right, when we come back, we'll break down Sunday Night Football. What did we learn from the big game between the Packers and the Titans? Also, take you into that big matchup in the NFC West between the Rams and the Seahawks. Jared Goff driving everybody who is a Rams fan insane. This is OutKick. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
with wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be in the NFL for a long time now has been John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. He is hanging out with us now. Uh, John, 
I'm going to start with you uh, and what's going on down in Houston. Uh, we played J.J. Watts' uh, really, I thought, compelling comments about why he cares, even in the wake of a tough loss to the Bengals. Let's start with the team that you know the best. What's going on in Houston? Who do you think is in the mix to potentially take over as the next head coach? And what do you expect to see from the Texans in their final game of the season? First of all, they're going to hire a general manager before they are a head coach, and he's going to head the search committee, and, and he'll recommend who he wants to hire. And then Cal McNair, the owner, will sign off on it. And they're not married to an offensive coach like a lot of people think because of Deshaun Watson. Uh, Cal McNair has told Watson, he said they may hire a defensive coach. The two top candidates in my book are Robert Sala, 49ers defensive coordinator who coached here six years under Gary Kubiak and Tom Capers. And the other one is uh, one that knows his team better than anybody. That's Indianapolis defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. And then offensive coordinators, Eric Bieniemy. Arthur Smith of the Titans, I think Smith will finally get a head coaching job because he's done a fabulous job. He's been there for 10 years. Four coaches have kept him. Mike Vrabel was shrewd enough to promote him to offensive coordinator when it raised a lot of eyebrows. I think Arthur Smith will be a candidate to be interviewed here. But first, Clay, they've got to hire a GM. There's a lot of qualified candidates. A lot of people think they're more GM candidates who are heading personnel departments, and then they do head coaching candidates. But the Texans are going to stick to their plan to get the coach after the general manager. We're talking to John McClain. All right, there's a lot to dive into from the the Sunday we just saw in the NFL. and We just spent a lot of time talking about the game between the Packers and the Titans. You've covered the AFC South for a long time. Uh, the Texans, I don't think anybody saw them falling off like they did. I think the Phillip Rivers experiment, even in the wake of the loss to the Steelers, you have to be fairly happy with how that has gone for the Colts. And now it looks like the Jags are going to be making a move to go grab Trevor Lawrence. How would you assess the overall division as we come into the final week of the season relative to maybe your expectations? I picked the Titans to win the division. I had the Texans as a wild card. I thought after what Mike Vrabel accomplished last year in the playoffs, that would give them momentum this year. They learned a lot about their team last season. And one of the things they learned is give the ball to Derrick Henry. It's amazing his durability and the way he does get hurt. And one of the things I believe the team best equipped to go to Arrowhead Stadium and win the AFC championship game or divisional round would be the Titans for the same reason they went to Gillette Stadium and they went to M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore and won last year because they controlled the ball with Derrick Henry. And the best offense is one that would keep the other team on the bench. And so Patrick Mahomes can't have a chance to throw five or six touchdowns passes and that's why I believe the Titans are best equipped to go in there and dominate the ball and possibly pull an upset that keeps the uh, Chiefs winning a second consecutive Super Bowl. 
are you troubled at all by the fact that the Chiefs have not covered in seven straight weeks and that they haven't beaten anybody by six or more points? Now, they're 23-1 and one in their past 24. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, you're obviously quibbling with something that a lot of teams would like to have those issues with. But do you think there's any larger concern there about the Chiefs given the way that they have not necessarily dominated inferior opponents and even yesterday winning 17 to 14 against the Falcons, the Falcons finding another way to lose? I mean, it's really kind of crazy at this point, missing what should be a chip shot field goal in the NFL to send it into overtime. What kind of assessment would you give the Chiefs? They're obviously the number one seed. They only have to win two games. They're defending champs. They're twenty three and one. There's a lot to like, but they really haven't been able to sort of hit a different gear so far this season. I would say in terms of putting away bad teams. One reason is I think they're bored when they play bad teams. I think yeah. that when you win a Super Bowl and you have an offense like they do, and Patrick Mahomes being so extraordinary. Defensive coaches spend the whole off season, and general managers spend the off season trying to come free free agents and draft choices to help beat the team in their division and beat the team on their schedule. I think they're just like uh, uh, playing with a puppy, slapping them around a little bit. And then when they get in the playoffs, we're going to see a different Chiefs team. Yeah, it it is interesting. So um, the AFC, potentially, there could be an 11-win team left out. We mentioned the Colts a minute ago. They were up 24-7, to John. They looked like they were in total control. The Steelers' offense looked like they couldn't do anything, and they were on their road, well on their way to losing a fourth straight game. How significant is the outcome there? Do you have faith in the Steelers in the postseason or not? And what about the Colts who could find themselves on the outside looking in? Uh, Heck, it's possible we could have an 11-win team not make the playoffs in the AFC. I can remember Denver, New England going 11 and 5 and not making the playoffs. And that is difficult for a team and fans. But I didn't believe in the Steelers because they don't have a running game. And their trademark for decades has been to run the football, to be physical on defense, which they are. Now, that game, making that great comeback against the Colts, that could catapult them back to where they were when they started 11-0, even though they weren't dominating teams. The key to that game is they finally scored more than 20 points and been four, four games in a row, the most uh, since Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year. But I still don't think they're going to go to Arrowhead Stadium and beat the Chiefs. As far as the Colts, uh, boy, their defense has been really good, but they were fortunate to beat the Texans through the last three weeks when the Texans got to their two-yard line twice and fumbled and lost fumbles. So they were almost like on borrowed time, and then they were exposed in that comeback by the Steelers. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, it was Indianapolis or it was um, it was Miami depending on how Buffalo decides to approach the last game at home against the Dolphins. How do you think teams will approach the – I mean, it's been a tough year for everybody out there COVID-wise. A lot of times guys decide not to play their starters in games down the stretch, particularly, uh, you know, you're talking about Buffalo. They got a game tonight. They can effectively lock up – uh, they're they're you know they're already the AFC North champs, but they can effectively lock up the two or the three seed, depending. And 
do they really care? You know, a lot of times you care about whether you're the two because you used to get double buys. Do you think, given the lack of home field advantage, that teams are really caring other than the one seed, which you obviously want to get to be able to avoid uh, having to play in the wild card round? Do teams really care if they're the two, the three, or the four? If the game doesn't mean anything, the Bills are going to rest all their top guys because they yeah. don't get that high like they did in the past. And home field advantage doesn't mean as much because of the pandemic as it did before. Teams still don't want to travel, but it's a whole lot different strategy when you don't have to worry about a sellout crowd, especially in the playoffs when people are so rambunctious and relentless. So I think Buffalo is capable of beating the Chiefs, but I want to see Josh Allen do it in the playoffs. I watched him help blow a 16-0 lead against the Texans last season in the playoffs when they lost in overtime. He's been great this season for most of the season. Now he's got to prove it in the playoffs, and it would help him considering how much he runs if he could get a weekend off. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt at all about that. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. I finished off the second hour of the of the program, John, talking about Dwayne Haskins. And obviously he got pulled and benched uh, en route to a, a game that the, the Washington, Washington football team lost when you thought they might be in really good position to potentially finally end all the drama in the NFC East. Alex Smith, a guy I know you've covered a lot over the years, unable to... Uh, to go Dwayne Haskins though gets caught in a strip club gets photographed in a strip club what are you hearing people say about him going forward he's now been benched by for a guy named Taylor Heineke who I don't think most people even really know what are you hearing people say around the league about him and about his decision making he's gone you know there was a reason this year when Ron Rivera went with Kyle Allen and demoted him to number three you thought then something was up with him. He he started one year in college, but you know Daniel Snyder's the one that wanted him there. They took him. They got to have a quarterback, and if they go ahead and lose this last game, and it helps them get closer to getting a quarterback, that's good for Washington. Because let's be let's be honest here, they're not going to beat anybody in the playoffs, and I don't care if they play at home, and I don't care if it's against uh, who it's against, who's playing quarterback. They've got to get another one wipe their hands of Haskins, let him go somewhere else as a backup and hopefully grow up and mature and show another team he's serious about playing football. Brady and the Bucks look good to get to 11 wins. Uh, they're obviously into the playoffs. They dominated against a, a, a Detroit Lion team. How would you assess Tom Brady in year one in Tampa Bay? And to me, it looks like he's pretty good shape to come back for at least another year or the year after uh, because they seem to be rounding into form. And look, the Bucks hadn't been in the playoffs in a long time. Did he perform about as you would have expected better? How would you assess the matchup with he and uh, Bruce Arians? Well, first of all, Clay, we acted like he was invincible no matter where he went or who he played for. He was going to step in and play the way he did for the Patriots all those years. But that was a system he basically created. So he goes into a system that's totally different than what he was used to with new receivers, backs, linemen, and he struggled and a new play caller. But now, if you watch that game, uh, considering the New Orleans you know, I picked New Orleans to win the Super Bowl before this season, beat Baltimore. I still feel good about them in the NFC. But the Buccaneers, they seem to be peaking at the right time. And But we have to also look at who they're doing it against. 
And I think, though, Brady, because of his experience and all the talent he's got around him, they don't need him to do great things to throw the ball deep down the field. But, boy, he sure looked good against the Lions. And he looked good in the second half in the previous game. So I think uh, anybody that plays them is going to worry about him because when he's in the playoffs, it's just like him playing any other game. He's been in there so many times. There's nothing you can do to surprise him. So you have to try to beat him by blitzing him and putting pressure on him. Saints, Drew Brees has come back. Alvin Kamara uh, on Christmas Day had those great red and uh, green uh, cleats. And by the way, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I know uh, it's the holiday season, so I appreciate you hanging out with us early this morning. Uh, How good do you think the Saints can be going forward? And what would you anticipate seeing from them they've lost three straight seasons it's crazy stat in the postseason on the final play of their season unheard of can this be the year they get back to the Super Bowl in your mind it could be because there's no great team in the NFC and that includes them they got a really good defense Breeze was hurt you know, you've got to, uh, I would say Tampa Bay, of course, nobody from the NFC East, but Green Bay is awfully good. And it's hard, it's hard for a dome team to go outside and win in January, especially in the cold. One thing I like about it, if you think about the three best teams and four best teams in the NFC, you're talking about Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Four quarterbacks who are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Those guys are leading their teams, and that's why, to me, it's so much more exciting and interesting in the NFC than just the AFC because clearly the Chiefs are the best team. Josh Allen, you mentioned him a little bit ago. You got the Patriots tonight, Monday night football going on. You said you wanted to see how Josh Allen could perform in uh, the postseason. Granted, he hadn't been very good. I think arguably he's the biggest story in the NFL this year because the other guys that are good at the quarterback position are guys that we would have anticipated being good. To have a guy like Josh Allen come on like he has in his third year, it's pretty remarkable, right? And he's done, they've done a great job coaching him. Brian Dayball is probably going to parlay this into a, his first head coaching job, and he's done a great job these last two years. They've gotten so much better. They don't have a great running game, which you usually have to have in Buffalo because of bad weather. But Josh Allen has a great arm. He's a great runner, and he has done a tremendous job of bouncing back from that disappointing playoff loss in Houston. And I would say of all the quarterbacks who have stepped up, none has been more impressive than Allen has. And it's going to be fun to watch him in the playoffs to see if he can continue the kind of improvement he showed in regular season. Is Patrick Mahomes your MVP? You may have a vote. I'm not sure officially if you do, but would he be your guy or would you go with Aaron Rodgers or is there somebody else you've got your eye on? No, well, Derrick Henry is the only other one I have my eye on, but it's hard to go against Patrick Mahomes because he's been so great and they're the best team. They've lost one game. I think uh, he will win his second MVP award. 
Outstanding stuff as always, John. Um, I, I want to kind of give you an opportunity here to uh, to give us some tips. A lot of people home for the holidays, staying home still more than they ever have been before. And you are one of the guys that's the best at knowing movies. I went to go, so I took my kids to go see Wonder Woman. Uh, and I was curious, have you rented out a movie theater yet? I know you had talked about the idea of doing that because I know you love movies. My wife told me we were going to do that for Wonder Woman, and I don't know when it is. Yep. But I like the fact that we'd be the only people in there. She said, do you want to buy any, bring any friends? I said, only if they don't talk on their phone or have it on. <laughs> I'll be happy yeah. to have them. I'll tell you an interesting show that's been on this the fourth year, and I had not watched it, but I've gone back and watched it from the first season. SEAL Team on CBS. I like SEAL Team, FBI, and uh, SWAT. I've gone back to watch them from the beginning. And SEAL Team, if you like things with a lot of fighting and killing and a lot of romance, that's my kind of show. I really, really recommend it if you go back to the first show. Have you watched The Man in the High Castle, John? Do you know what I'm talking about with that show? I, I know what it is, but I have not watched it. So we started watching that over the weekend, uh, and the concept is pretty cool. I like alternate history stories sometimes, you know, just to think about what might have happened if things had gone a little bit different. And so, Like Once Upon of, a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, oh, that, I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did, too. I've watched Absolutely it loved it. 20 times. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, but the the concept for people who haven't watched it, The Man in the High Castle, it's based on, a, I think, a Philip Dick uh, uh, story. But the idea is what would have happened if America had lost World War II? In other words, if Japan and, uh, and Germany had won and they had ended up taking over America. So the conceit of it is the eastern part of the United States is controlled by the Nazis, by, by the Germans. And the western part of the United States is controlled by the uh, by the J- Japanese, and so it's early in the show. I'm only in season one. And I think there were four years, but I'm really liking it. It's kind of a wacky show, um, and uh, and and now that you know they're coming up on fewer football games to watch, that's kind of when I start to pivot and watch some other things. So uh, so I'm curious to see how that goes. But I went and took boys, I went and took the boys to Wonder Woman. Yeah, I went and took the boys to Wonder Woman. So it's just okay. I mean, I you know, I like taking the boys to all the superhero movies. I enjoy them. And it was kind of cool to go back in time to 1984, uh, you know, almost like Stranger Things, which I love for the nostalgia factor. Um, and my kids like to watch it because they're like, man, Dad, was it really like that in the 80s and the 90s? They think that's cool like I did when I was a kid watching a Back to the Future, and they went back to the 1950s, and I could ask my parents about it. Uh, but uh, just okay. I, I would just you know say I'd probably give it a 6 on a scale of 1 to 10. Worth watching. I was excited just to see a big movie again. Uh, but, uh, but we went and checked that out the day after Christmas. I love the first one. There was no way the second one was going to be as good as the first one. And when you say 1984, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, man, I used to weigh 180 and run three miles a day. (laughs) Now I can't drive three miles a day. Uh, What was your favorite year, by the way? If you had to go back, I always think it's interesting to ask people. So right now I'm 41, and if you ask me my favorite time, I would probably say the late 90s, early 2000s. And, uh, and, and, you know, it was just a really fun time, I thought. Like, everybody seemed to kind of get along the last second term of Bill Clinton before you had the uh, 9-11 happen. I like the late 90s, right? Early 2000s. That's probably my favorite uh, favorite time, just in terms of years that I've lived in. 
And I'm not one of those people who always says things are getting worse. Like, I think it's pretty remarkable all the things going on today, even with a tough 2020. But what when you look back on uh, on the years that you've lived and even the NFL seasons that you've seen, when do you think like, hey, this was the best time? This was my favorite. First of all, I thought about when I started working at the Waco Tribune Herald. And I was a junior at Baylor in 1973, and I was working 60 hours a week and trying to go to school and get through class. And somehow I did, and uh, knew I never had to get a job because I had what I wanted to do and yep. covering high schools and junior colleges and Baylor, making $110 a week and not knowing if I'd ever get a raise. Those were great times, but then covering the Love You Blue Oilers with Bum Phillips and Earl Campbell and Dan Pastorini and those guys. Those that was a that was a kinda like the Gas House gang, the Cardinals. They were so much fun and I've remained friends with a lot of them. Wasn't friends with them when I covered them, but Bum Phillips was such a character. A great guy to cover, great quotes every day. And I really look back on that with uh fondness because it kind of kick-started my career covering the NFL, which now I'm in my 44th year. Do you think guys had more fun playing football in the 70s and 80s than they do now? Like, I, we played the J.J. Watt clip uh, explaining why he, you know, the way that he, why he felt the way he did about the team. And I, I feel like social media maybe is the thing that's kind of put it over the edge. But you hear from a lot of athletes, and a lot of times it's like they don't seem like they really love what they're doing. You know, and J.J. Watt, I think, speaks to the way that most people think they would feel if they were fortunate enough to play a pro sport for a living. But do you get the sense, you said you've been covering them 44 years. Do the guys now seem happier, even though they're making a lot more money than the guys did in the 70s or 80s? Or how would you characterize uh, sort of the, the atmosphere? They seem happier today. Back then, there were more strikes there were a okay. lot of injuries that they couldn't they couldn't fix the way they can now. Players were always underpaid. There was no free agency. They constantly complained about money. If you held out, all you could do is not play, and then they could suspend you, fine you. They could get away with anything. And today, they've got a much stronger union. They make a lot more money. They know if they do well, if their kids are taken care of, their grandkids are taken care of. And I think listening to J.J. Watt, if you just give him up 540 yards to the Bengals without their starting quarterback, leading rusher, and leading receiver, you'd feel like you just kissed a greyhound going 80. <laughs> John McClain, I appreciate my man. Stay safe. Oh, happy holidays to you and your family, uh, and look forward to seeing you again in person sometime soon. Clay, thank you very much, and stay safe, and happy new year. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts people oh 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 o'reilly auto parts 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 